Hey everybody, brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli, you're you, I'm me, we're here. This is a solo cast and also uh, the sort of uh, acknowledgement, the official acknowledgement, if you will, of the uh, popular agreement of the uh, arbitrary benchmark of 200 episodes. But we're a little bit past 200 because I stopped numbering uh, the episodes without guests. I, I stopped numbering these solo cast so we're like 215 or so episodes but this is the official acknowledgement of the yippee woohoo 200 episodes so here i am uh i'm back after being away for a little while i was away for a little while because honestly i just couldn't take being plugged in uh i couldn't take being plugged into the constant stream of news, media, information, Instagram posts, podcasts, content, opinions, thoughts, wisdom, knowledge, resources, information. Uh, it was just uh, that my nervous system has felt overwhelmed and my consciousness hijacked. My sensory input data on my meat computer motherboard was short-circuiting and needed a reset and repair. So, um, yeah, I just decided that around December that I was going to get quiet, be silent, create space, and not expose myself to the overwhelming, infinitely abundant stream of uh, noise that is out in the digital sphere in which we find ourselves so intermeshed and intertwined with. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to talk about my process of, of unplugging and what I discovered and insights I've gained and clarity that I've had. And I'm also going to talk about uh, some other things that I feel are, are important to discuss. And throughout the podcast, I'll say, sometimes I'll say we. Most of the time I'll try and say I to own my my experience and and talk from a place of of I and sometimes when I say we maybe it's because it's something that I haven't quite owned yet and I'm just figuring out in the moment it's just coming to my state of being in the in the in the moment and I'm and I'm sort of channeling it in a sense uh hesitant to put that label on it but it just seems to be coming it seems to be flowing and I'll say we, but oftentimes I'll notice that when I say we, it's usually really because I need to say that to hear it out loud because I need to hear it myself as well. So uh, just a little bit of uh, setting the container, if you will. So I've been unplugged. I've deleted Instagram off my phone. And I have tried to really live in a, a slowed down way, uh, a pace that feels more comfortable to how I naturally feel that I want to be existing, um, a little bit to my detriment because it's, uh, it's difficult to keep up with the paces of the demands of functioning and, and surviving in uh, a world that, that uh, forces you to cooperate uh, in a particular kind of energy with a particular pace and rhythm and, uh, and, and results, uh, productivity and whatnot. So, uh, but I, I've, I thought that it would be more worth it to 
it would be more beneficial to take the time and the space that I felt that my body was so desiring and my soul was so desiring and my mind was 100% needing. Um, and yeah, so I've, I've been trying to get still. I have been being a little bit more still, a little bit more present and uh, create a little bit more space, uh, been a little bit more quiet, uh, which is why I haven't put out podcast episodes because I, uh, I found myself in a position where I, I didn't feel the urge, the compulsion, the need to, to get on here because I had to say something or I, I had to know something from somebody. And that, that was an awkward, strange feeling because I thought, wow, where did my curiosity go? Where did my passion, my desire go? And my passion, uh, desire, and curiosity went to being fully present while I was making my coffee and my breakfast and thoroughly enjoying eating breakfast and then going for a walk in the park and enjoying the geese running around on the, on the ice, the frozen pond. Noticing the different trees in the park, the different people, saying hello and smiling to the faces of strangers that walk by on the path at the park. My point is that I've been really trying to embody the be here now. That's what truly when I feel most alive. Everything else is a fabrication. We hear it all the time from people. There's only now. This is the moment. Be here now. Be present. Many of us, especially in this space, will hear. But what does it mean to really live that without trying to do anything? Without trying to mark some checklist off of object of objectives that you are trying to meet. Oh, great. You know, I was able to sit still for 30 minutes and meditate today. Wonderful. I could check that off. But what about bringing that conscious present awareness and that meditation to the act of living itself? I found that to be very rewarding. I deleted Instagram off my phone. And one of the reasons why, not, not because I was so active on it, but I noticed the conditioned pattern of my behavior was to consistently pull my phone out of my pocket, scroll to the last folder on the last screen all the way in the back that says social media, tap on that, scroll a couple more, find Instagram, go into that, and notice, oh, people that I'm following have new stories, new posts, New things going on that they're putting out there. Hmm, I wonder what they have to say. And just exposing myself to that and just looking at it. And time would go by and I'm kind of like realizing, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm just kind of mindlessly scrolling right now. Okay. Well, if I'm not posting anything and I'm not actively participating in a conversation in any, anywhere or doing an Instagram live or something, what am I doing? What am I doing? Well, 
if we take it out of the digital sphere, what I'm truly doing is, you know, it'd be the same thing as if I decided to leave my house and walk across the street to the an area where there's a, I don't know, let's say like a like a flea market or like a, a, a farmer's market or some kind of mini little uh, art crafts festival or whatever it is. And then you just throw everybody in there and I'm constantly going over to go, oh, what's going on here? What's going on there? It's, it's shopping. Shopping for some kind of mild, passive somewhat entertaining, somewhat enjoyable, somewhat, um, you know, seeking some kind of something outside of myself. The, maybe the biological urge to hunt is, is present there or to gather, right? I, I think that uh, I'm also kind of a little bit of an intellectual hoarder well, I'll see interesting posts or articles and go, ooh, I'll read that later. And I have tabs that say, read this later, things to read later. And they're just like stacked up with all kinds of stuff. But the the, the compulsion, I notice the compulsion, the, the automatic programmed conditioned behavioral action that was taking place without my conscious awareness being brought to it. So when I consciously made the decision to delete Instagram off my phone, I noticed that I would still pull my phone out and I would still swipe my thumb a couple screens back to the back of the screen, to the social media folder, to open it up, to look for Instagram, only to realize by the time that I got there, oh yeah, that's right, I deleted it off my phone. And then I would put my phone back in my pocket. Or I would look and say, okay, well, let me check uh, email or let me check something else. Let me, uh, let me check my crypto. You know, let, me check, let me check something. Let me get into something. Then I would put it back in my phone. I'm like, okay, that's interesting because there was no, conscien- con- there was no conscious, present attention and awareness brought to the situation where my arm moved and my hand reached in my pocket and pulled out my phone and my thumb scrolled and my action was to find Instagram much to my bewilderment and surprise oh yeah that's right it's gone so there was no presence no mind no nothing brought to that situation it was almost as if it was just like a a blackout so okay that's interesting so maybe a week or two weeks later, maybe two weeks later, I noticed that I now what I was doing was pulling my phone out and then realizing, oh yeah, why am I pulling my phone out? And then quit and then putting it back in my pocket. Huh, interesting. Now the conditioned response has diminished to a shorter space. Uh, or a quicker level of awareness brought to, to the fact that I'm pulling my phone out. Wait a second, why am I pulling my phone out? I'm not checking the time. There's no reason. Interesting. All right. So then after a while, it went completely away. I stopped 
My arms stopped moving, my hands stopped reaching in, and the phone stopped coming out. And I thought, oh, okay, great. And after that urge completely dissolved, it was, the, it was like this dawning, this awakening that, that came to me. What am I doing? And the answer is, I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. It was a complete, total, no mind, like Pavlovian conditioned response. Just like, okay, go in the pocket, check the phone, go in the pocket, check the phone, go in the pocket, check the phone. And what, it, what benefit? How is this improving my life? For me, it wasn't. It was just exposing me to more things that I don't need to be exposed to. And I think that that's, we short sell that right there. But we live in a world of constant, incessant information, creation, uh, messages, thoughts, opinions, posts, articles, videos, color, noise. We live in a world of the, it's a constant, infinite, abundant stream of really anything that you want to expose yourself to, you can. And this is, a, this is just like everything, sort of a double-edged sword, right? In one way, it's like, wow, that's really cool. We have the ability to have access to anything that we're interested in, knowing anything or looking at anything. On the other hand, us human beings are, are sort of novelty-seeking creatures, as McKenna has said many times, like that we, we are seeking the discovery of new and interesting things. Even when we're in the spiritual, consciousness, psychedelic type of community, there's still this incessant need to want to accumulate and to know and discover more and learn more and figure more things out or try to figure things out because it makes us feel comfortable. It makes us feel safe. We're never going to know all the things. And I think that was a part of, of my life for a long time was wanting to know all of the things. Not only wanting to know all the things, but then wanting to be recognized for knowing all the things. And why? I don't know. I think mainly uh, it, it came from a place of like, well, if I can clearly see what's happening in reality and articulate it in a way that's easily digestible and easily, easy to understand and relate to, well, then that would be great because then more people would see things the way that I see them. And I think the way that I see them is pretty cool and pretty accurate. So let's get more people to see it like that so that we can have, really have a fun party here. You know, more people can come out to play because that's all I really, really want is just more people to come out and play, more people to realize like, oh, yeah. There's so much stuff that's just hijacking our consciousness and stimulating our nervous systems to a point where we're, we're completely fried and, and we feel like we've been poisoned. So it's not so much that what I've been doing instead uh, during this time of being unplugged, it's, I haven't, I'd I, I guess I'd, there's like a part of me that would like to come on here and say, 
while I've been meditating every morning and I've been doing breath work and ice baths and I've been, and even, even all of that stuff, while they can be great tools in the field of healing, great modalities to use to bring more uh, feelings of, 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 of oneness, of wholeness, of uh, feeling good, of bringing conscious present uh, attention and awareness to our lives, even those things can be captured by the sort of egoic projection need to want to accumulate or want to achieve or want to get through a certain set of, of uh, practices and rituals in order to arrive at a place that we currently aren't at. We are, we're wanting to go somewhere else. We're wanting, you know, the, 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 the tools and the modalities that we engage with can also become traps and we can become prisoners to those things as well. One of my favorite lines ever that Ramdas gave in a talk that I believe is in his audiobook Experiments in Truth is where he says, you don't want to be a meditator. You want to be free. That is to say that you don't want to attach your identity and your reason for being and your purpose and uh, attach all of the, the desire to be liberated into I am a meditator and therefore I want to be subject to the rules and conformities of what it means to be a meditator so that I'm, I'm now creating a, a system for myself that, it, that I, I need to adhere to these guidelines and be subservient to, right? Meditation is a great tool, but if we put all of our focus and attention on having to meditate, of being a meditator, what does a meditator do and what doesn't a meditator do? And, and after so many kinds of meditation, I'll finally get to that place where I'm in the astral plane and I've transcended and I'm enlightened and I'm awakened. And it's, you know, you don't want to be anything. What you want to be is free. You don't want to create systems of conformity to your own prescribed programs, rituals, behaviors. Um, and that is what having conscious, authentic presence, attention, and awareness is all about. What do I, what do I really need right now? What do I really want right now? What do I need to plug in with right now? And what, you know, what, and plug by plugging in, it's like, maybe today I'll do a little bit of breath work. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll do a little bit of sitting meditation with my eyes closed. Maybe I won't. Maybe my meditation will be a walk in the park. Just bringing my conscious, present awareness and attention to every single thing that is happening around me. Allowing thoughts to emerge as they naturally do and then pass by. Do I need to attach to this thought right now or can I let it go? It's, uh, I think there's also something in us that really wants it to be very complex and we want someone who is a guru or an authority figure to come in and save us and tell us that we're doing it the right way. 
we're doing it the right way. We're, if you keep doing it this way, you're eventually going to achieve samadhi. You're going to achieve enlightenment. You're going to achieve... What, what are we trying to achieve other than how do we become the most alive versions of ourselves in this very moment right here and right now? Not wanting to be somewhere else. Not dwelling on some other thing. <clears throat> So this is very important because if, again, drawing a little bit of a metaphor to the digital landscape and how we engage with the digital landscape, whether it's YouTube or Wikipedia or Instagram or TikTok or whatever we're, we're going on, whatever we're plugging into, the way in which we engage with that, is that healthy? Is, does it make us feel good? Is, there, is it a net benefit in our lives? You know, I, I was thinking about it in, in a way... Uh, as if you're, you know, you're the king of your own court, right? You're sitting in your living room in your house and every second there's a new person that knocks on the door. Maybe they don't even knock on the door. There's a new person that you allow, you know, come in, come in and next, next. And, and just people come in and just tell you, oh, you, you can't believe what's going on down the street. It's amazing. There's a, there's a, there's this guy and he's making donuts and someone threw snowballs at him. It's, it's wild. Okay. Next. Oh, there's a little girl that, that got injured in the park. She fell off her bike. Okay, great. Next. Oh, you got to see like what's happening. It just keep letting people in to t tell their jokes, to tell their stories, to tell their things. If, if we were exposed to that level of noise in our lives, we would most certainly all go completely mad. You can't, you can't be exposed to the sheer number of things that you're exposed to in the digital realm, in the physical realm, and not totally feel the overwhelm of that, right? So if I'm on Instagram for an hour and I expose myself to, say, 300 different points of view or 300 different posts, memes, videos, uh, whatever, that's th that, would, that would be the equivalent of having 300 people come into my home and one after the next pitch me their thing. Yeah, after a while, you get you'd you'd get bored. You this is crazy. I can't handle this anymore. Yet we continually keep going back to the well. I continually kept going back to the well to try and find something that would be some way for me to engage, react, respond. And then on an unconscious level, it was really more of just like a passive hunting for some kind of mild amusement, pleasure, information, entertainment. There's, it's, Instagram for me, is it's a very passive, mild sort of middle of the road. Oh yeah, that's pretty interesting. Oh, that's pretty cool. Or like, oh wow, all right, maybe I'll save that for later. Oh, that deserves a repost. It's a very mild, passive form of engagement. And so what happens when we live in a culture that is continuously plugged in to a version of reality that encourages mild, passive, detached kind of cold, in a sense, subtle engagement. It's a completely, it's a complete trance state. The, the, one of the biggest feelings that I've had my entire life, 
and most um, obvious and apparent in the last two years has been that it's very easy for people to fall into a trance state and to just become sort of passive observers of their lives. Set on autopilot, carrying out the programmed, conditioned responses, behaviors, actions, thoughts, opinions, expressions that is reinforced by the dominant uh, cultural agenda-setting narrative that sets the game rules to a confined version of reality that says, this is what is acceptable, this is what's tolerable, this is what's permissible, this is what's healthy, this is what's normal, and through maybe our lack of imagination, lack of creativity, or simply due to the fact that we've been terrorized by so many uh, nervous system stimulating fear, uh, fear-mongering propaganda and, and uh, shock and awe type traumatic events that we have just been shocked into a state of complying out of a survival mechanism to conform to the group because those who don't conform to the group are ostracized by society. And biologically speaking, if you're ostracized from the group, that meant, you know, in traditional abor Aboriginal, uh, traditional Aboriginal and hunter-gatherer uh, societies, if you were cast out of your tribe, it, it most likely meant certain death because you, you were on your, on your own in a, a big scary world and uh, had to fend for yourself. Nothing good comes of being isolated and having to fend for yourself. We need community. We need each other. Healing doesn't happen on an individual level solely alone. The most profound healing happens when we come together in community. And when I say healing, I think about all the moments that light up your soul and that make you feel the most... Um, excited to be a human being living this experience. When we're, when we're dying, we're not going to be thinking about anything else other than those moments that brought us the greatest joy, the greatest feeling of being alive, the memories that we can tap into where we, where we can cultivate that feeling in our heart, in our soul. Oh my God, so good to be alive and to have experienced that beautiful, magical, emotional, uplifting complex, nuanced, incredible moment in time that will never, ever again be replicated. And oftentimes we find ourselves trying to replicate those feelings, to try and replicate what we once were or who we once were. I know I myself have fallen into that. And that is why I needed to take a little bit of a break and unplug and just come back to myself and come back to the, to what is presently currently here. So one of the things that I have been doing that's been really helpful has been writing, journaling. That has really helped me uh, clarify my thoughts. And uh, I originally thought that, <clears throat> that a lot of uh, the things that I was seeking were out there, really, seriously, because there's so much to, to learn and to know and to explore and to discover. 
And when I started to unplug and not pay attention to the news cycle and not pay attention to Instagram or social media or email or anything like that, and I would wake up in the morning and have my coffee and sit down and write, I noticed something that I was just engaging in a massive word jumble of 26 letters that I could reconfigure into any magical form of creation that I want uh, to, to, to depict some kind of uh, story that's happening within myself or that, I, that, that, that the, the writing only using 26 letters on a page and reconfiguring those 26 letters into a multitude of different words to evoke and communicate a particular sense of, of feeling or, or thought or insight, I realized that that was so expansive that, it, that it's actually the expansion is in the simplicity. <sighs> Just going to take a breath into that because with this expansive breath... There's also a feeling of connectedness to myself and the larger world where in this simple moment, it's huge. <sighs> and this is nothing new. Right, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm. The point here isn't to say anything new or revolutionary. The point here is to be a reminder, because we all forget. I forget. You forget. We all forget. But if we keep reminding each other, if we keep remembering that we forget, that we will need a reminder, we're doing great. We're doing fine. We're doing the best we can. We're walking on a path. And our friend next to us doesn't see that they're about to step on a snake. And we just say, hey, watch out. There's a snake right there. You see that? Okay, thanks. Can you help me see what I'm not seeing? Can I help you see what you're not seeing? Can we do that in a mutual way where there's no ego and there's nothing else attached to it, but it's simply just a way of walking each other home? You know, what does it mean to receive or, or be informed about what's going on or what the news is? What is the information about recent events or happenings? What does it mean to be informed about those recent events? Things that are happening, things that are deemed to be newsworthy, right? If you were casting a movie and or if you were say if you were one of the investors on Shark Tank it would be up to you to, to make a decision about what is a worthy investment or not. Naturally you would want something that is compelling, exciting, inspiring helpful, but that's not what we get from the mainstream corporate press agenda-setting narrative that serves the interests of 
the powerful corporations, uh, business owners, uh, and, and people of, of, of great financial abundance who stand the most to gain off the narrative staying the way it is, uh, the game rules staying the way that they are, everything staying the way that they everything staying the way it is in order to uh, keep the the train moving along the same tracks that keep ensuring uh, financial prosperity, abundance, success, accomplishment, achievement, and the incorporation of the the agenda of the people that are in those positions that believe, you know, that this is a better way to be existing or this is a better way to be living. Most often, they are just serving the natural, perverse incentive structure that has been guiding civilization. That it's better to have people be concentrated in one area and therefore decrease the amount of uh, individual liberty, freedom, and empowerment that one has and outsource everything to experts and specialists, uh, that which eventually creates all of us being dependent upon things uh, by sources outside of us and outside of people that we know. It, it's just to this larger, nameless, faceless entity, this non-human entity. So we, we, we are very clever, but we wind up serving the things that we build out of our cleverness. So what would happen if everybody just stopped paying attention to the stream of, of information that's coming in and started to look at what, what's going on in our environments around us. You know, in the beginning of this thing, we were told that this was going this is this massive pandemic and whatever, all this stuff, there's going to be all these deaths, all these things. You know, what do you see when you walk around in your town, in your city? What do you see when you go to live when you live your life in your community are do you see people dropping dead in the streets do you see the the terror the horror the agony uh of of this thing or do you see a narrative that's being weaponized capitalizing on our our trauma uh that we have from being shocked and and scared so many times that we just have people going along and complying with something in order to restore some semblance of normalcy because the alternative is terrifying to most people. The, the alternative is to wake up and to realize that, hey, maybe these massive monolithic monopolies don't serve my best interests. Maybe they don't give a shit about my health, my happiness, and my ability to, to utilize the fullness of the totality of the, of the human expression that I came here to inhabit and embody. Maybe they don't have the best interests, right? And I'm shocked, really, at why so many people in the psychedelic community trust, believe, buy in, and defend the official COVID narrative and the vaccine monolith. You know, it's obvious that they've created a monopoly here with these vaccines and prevented any other medical treatment, medicine, alternative healing path, alternative treatment, and they have actively discouraged 
and not promoted alternative health, healing, and preventative measures. In the Fauci emails that were released, I forget which ones exactly, but he explicitly says in the emails that they need to discredit and smear these fringe scientists. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's several things. I don't want to get too much into the weeds because that's missing the point. When we get into the weeds, then we live in the reality that frames the debate of pro-narrative and counter-narrative. And I, I don't want to do that. But I'm disappointed because the, the psychedelic community, the conscious community, the spiritual community, you know, they have been trying... This is a war on consciousness, and it continues to be a war on consciousness and a war on drugs. The war on drugs now says that the only approved drug for you to participate in the society that we have set up for you and that you must accept is the vaccines manufactured by these multinational trillion dollar uh, evil pharmaceutical companies. The pharmaceutical, the same pharmaceutical companies that say, take our drugs to relieve depression, anxiety for this condition, for that condition. We've, we, we, we are 100% captured by a, a small, narrow version of reality that has a monopoly on a particular story and refuses and actively suppresses alternative substances, psychedelic drugs, all drugs, all ways that one can augment and alter their consciousness, their mind, their body, their soul. There is a war on humanity. And it's no different. So I'm shocked and amazed that more people in the psychedelic community don't see that it's the continuation of the same regime of control that is trying to coerce everybody to fall into a narrow slice of reality where they have set up all of the conditions, the laws, the rules, what is acceptable and what is not, what they deem to be uh, appropriate and, and, and sufficient and what isn't. It is their game, they're running the show, and they're the, the, the drug dealers, and they're, they have a war on us who want to practice. You know, what are we talking about here? We're talking about people just having the freedom to choose how they want to be able to help themselves. And the fact that you have monoclonal antibodies and ivermectin and all these other cocktails and combinations of things that could could be prophylactic, uh, could be preventative, could be helpful, are uh, dismissed, discredited, suppressed, and and not promoted, not uh, talked about. When you have, you know, the like the promotion of of being fat and and accepting that is okay. You know that that we need wise leaders that encourage people to tap in to the 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 infinite power and abundance they they have within themselves, to tap in and break through the shackles of the conditioned, limited stories, to emerge from a truly empowered place to share their highest gifts with the world because. Guess what? We all need them to do that. Just like we all need to tap, we need to tap into our highest gifts so that we can fulfill our purpose for being here. And others are wanting us to do that too because they need it as well. It would be a disservice if we don't. The narrow, limited, contained version of reality that they have created, it's, it's, it's just the same system of control that is suppressing psychedelics, that, is, that has created the war on drugs, the war on consciousness, the war on people, the war on sovereignty, the war on cognitive liberty. 
The same mechanism control and system is the one that is promoting the one solution, the one way, the vaccine. Other modalities of health, wellness, and healing and consciousness augmentation or alteration is forbidden. You must listen to what we say and that's it. Well, anybody knows that when, a, when, when we're presented with a, a situation that has so many, uh, there's so many problems here that we need to tackle, well, we need to be looking at all solutions possible. And when you criminalize activities, when you tell people that they can't put a plant inside their body, otherwise if they do so, they're going to be locked in a cage and treated not like a human being, not like a sovereign consciousness that, that deserves respect, that you're treating them like they're doing something wrong. This is insanity. We, people don't need to be censored. People don't need to be banned. And th drugs and alternative treatments don't need to be dismissed, ridiculed, banned. Uh, and and they, they do need to be explored. And when we're living in a, in, in a, in a place like this, the, the insanity to me is so apparent. Uh, most of us don't see it, though, because we, we have that tunnel vision. A lot of people have the tunnel vision because they've bought in to the narrative. They've bought in. They, and they've bought in a lot because they, they, they're afraid, right? I, I think that there's this fear and there's this wanting things to be back to a certain kind of way of familiarity. You know, it's uh, this reality creation machine matrix this, this is the way the, the current world of stories operates, is, is that it just it keeps presenting to you, well, what about this? What about this? All right, now we say this. It's, it's as if like there's, you're, you're traveling on a road and you get to a point where, oh, there's a beautiful scenic destination this way, but there's yellow tape and cones there. That road's been blocked off. They don't want you going down that road because that road is... All there is down that road is just trees, beautiful mountains. It's a beautiful scenic drive, but there's there's nothing for them to to gain from you going down that road. So they say, "Oh no, this road uh, is closed. There's going to be construction here." They they make up a reason. They close the road and they give a detour and divert you to go down this this other way, the the the, the ugly highway that has all the shopping centers and the stores and the Starbucks and the gas stations and everything because it's that's that's the way where you're going to go. You're going to go that way. And they block they've intentionally blocked off the scenic drive. They they want people on the road where people can stop and shop and 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 it's a big massive highway, right? I mean, we keep engaging in the uglyification and the blandification, the homogenization of our world into this into this just one giant mall of just blandness and it's because we're allowing for the 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 storyboard writers the movie directors the casters to cast certain stories in to prominent positions and other ones not be that's why we can't get any good fucking movies anymore because they're not willing to take risks. They're not willing to explore new and different ways 
They're not willing to explore new and different different ways in the in the medical establishment, in the government establishment, in the power elite status quo monopoly. They don't want people to be empowered with information that deviates from the main target that they want to direct people to. And, you know, same thing in the Hollywood system. They just keep rebooting and rehashing and remaking movies that were these once these these great movies and you can't replicate. You cannot replicate it, but we keep trying to replicate it. And that is what I sense from this entire pandemic thing has been the wanting to keep trying to force down the same story of there's a there's a big bad out there and there's bad people out there and they're not falling in line and they're creating it worse for you. It's it's a typical traditional playbook 101. Uh, Herman Goering famously said about this, and I talked about it uh, on the podcast before, about war, about the Nazis, about Germany and World War II. And he, you know, said, of course, people don't want war. Why should some poor slob on a farm want to risk his life in a war far away when best he can get out of it is to come back to his farm in one piece? Naturally, the common people don't want war, neither in Russia, nor in England, nor for that matter, in Germany. That is understood. But after all, it's the leaders of a country who determine the policy, and it is always simply a matter to drag people along, whether it's a democracy or a fascist dictatorship or a parliament or a communist dictatorship. Voice or no, or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. It's that easy. All you have to do is tell them they are being attacked and then denounce the peacemakers for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works in the same way in every country, every time. See, all you have to do is tell people that COVID's dangerous, it's out there, it's going to get them, and the people that aren't on board with that, the people that are deemed to be anti-vaxxers or whatever, you know, the people that are stupid, right-wing, conspiracy nutballs, that they are exposing you all to danger. And that's it. Boom, there you go. People see that and they go, no, well, we don't want that. So these people are wrong. We got to stop them. We got to get them. We got to prove we're right. When really the truth is the establishment is terrified of people uniting together and being like, wait a second, I don't think we trust you. Hmm. What interest would it serve for you to lie to us? I wonder. You know, a lot of a lot of this kind of stuff can simply be understood. We don't need to dive into the details. We just need to understand one simple thing. Who stands the most to gain? Who stands the most to lose? Who is funding what? Who sits on the board of directors where? Who owns what? Who has a vested interest in implementing mandates and forms of, of control and pitting people against each other? What does that particular kind of casting of, of, of this setting produce? Well, it... it divide and conquer, right? I mean, it's, it's, it, these, these things are simple. They're just expressing themselves in a new sort of modern, futuristic, techno, uh, digital landscape in a new way. 
right? But as Edward Bernays says, who wrote the book on propaganda called Propaganda, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in a democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true, true ruling power of our country. We are governed. Our minds are molded. Our tastes are formed. Our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. This is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized, Vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they are able to live together as a smoothly functioning society. In almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere of po politics or business, in our social conduct or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of people who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. It is they who pull the wires which control the public mind. This is narrative story creation, propaganda to serve the interests of the people who benefit off of shaping things the way they are and preventing and allowing what comes through this filter of the game in which they've set up. If you could pit people against each other and we could dehumanize others, they win. They win. It's a win for them again. And when I say them, I just mean simply the people that participate in the automated, ongoing, assembly line, factory type machine of perpetual progress, innovation, growth, and that serves a perverse incentive structure that says it's better to extract and control and coerce than it is to empower, liberate, free, and create a diverse novel array of new and interesting discoveries and experiments and ways of organizing. These, this is the fundamental thing. We have to ask ourselves, are we happy the way in which we live our lives? Is this the best that this human experience has to offer. Can it be better? What else can be possible? You know, in, in March of 2020, I released a podcast called The Real Virus, COVID-19 and the pandemic, uh, the, the, the real virus of fear, not to let fear capture us. Then I released another podcast about we're never going to go back to normal because normal was, it was already shitty in the first place. You know, the, 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 the thing that's been going on now is nothing new. It's just been expedited and exacerbated and more, you know, intensified. But this is, this is stuff that Charles Eisenstein's talked about. Many, of the, many other people have talked about is the, the, mach, the machining of the world, the machining of human beings, the control, the technological control system that's put in place to keep human beings more manageable, to be more productive, to serve the interests of the power elites, to, to further create a world of isolation, separation, and fear, because that is what can be capitalized on the most, according to the game rules of the current game. And then I remember I wrote something 
uh, on Facebook around that time as well, where I just said, look, there's been millions of, of deaths from the war on drugs, from the war on terror. There's millions of people that are starving, that are homeless. There's women that are being kidnapped and trafficked and children and raped and murdered. You know, people die from the flu. People die from automobile accidents, prescription drugs, all these kinds of things. And governments all of a sudden are marshalling all of their resources and all of the energy of the news and the media and every single aspect of, 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 of life gets force-fed into one singular limited narrative that there is, there is a terrible virus out there, it's going to kill a lot of people, and we need to stop it by any means necessary. So we, we can spend, you know, we could put trillions of dollars into the economy that causes massive inflation to happen. Now, all of a sudden, when you go to the grocery store, things cost more money because there's more money in circulation. And who benefits the most from that? Well, it's the people that that doesn't it doesn't impact them if a box of Cheerios goes from three dollars to six dollars. Minimal impact on somebody who's a billionaire. But for you know a single mother of four living you know living off welfare or food stamps or whatever or somebody who just makes a low income it impacts them greatly so we have all this money to print into circulation to keep people home from their livelihoods from their jobs so then then we could tell people we would tell people they're not allowed to go to work they're not allowed to go outside you're not allowed to do anything but we'll, we're going to print all this money. We're going to put it into circulation. We're going to cause inflation to go up. You're still not going to be able to go back to your job. Now, you know, how do we pay all this money? But I mean, it's, it's just absolutely insane. Why don't we just have that money? Why couldn't we use the money? Why couldn't we use the power? Like, if we have the tool of government that is a monopoly on force, there, there could have been many times in our existence that we could have marshaled our resources to concentrate our effort in an effort of coming together as a human family and community and solidarity to attack the major problems and ills of the world. But a lot of those are very complex and they don't have a, a sexy appeal to them as like there's a virus that we got to stop. It's a, it's a perfect story. It's a perfect story. I mean, I view it as being very silly. I, I, I don't see it as being something that is... Uh, Compelling, right? It's I've I've been living my life in a very ordinary way for the majority of this quote unquote pandemic, and uh, I've I think I've gotten COVID twice, and I'm you know fine because guess what? Turns out it wasn't the Black Plague. Maybe the next one will be. Maybe this was a beta test to see who's going to obey and who's not going to obey. Because at the end of the day. That is what this is all about. It's a war on consciousness, a war on information, and a war on, on, on us as people because what's the most valuable resource is our, our information, our data. If, we can, if, they, if, if the powers that be want to know all of our data and all of our information, if they have access to every infinitesimal point of data that they can, we're we're not only easily able to be controlled, but we're now extremely one hundred percent predictable, and we're simply existing in a in a in a in a in a very brave new world esque way, where we're allowed to engage in you know certain things, and we're allowed to have certain enjoyments and certain freedoms, 
But overall, for the most part, there's nothing that's really, everything has to be the same. Everything has to be ordered. Everything has to be done a, a one way. And that's just not who we are. Human beings are not one way. All right, I don't want to get too ranty, but we, uh, we need to open a portal because we are still playing within the boundaries and borders that are given to us. We, we need to know that there's, there's other borders and boundaries that we can co-create together that are available. They're out there. We just, we need to claim it. We need to, we need to claim it. So that's why I've taken a little bit of a break is because I haven't really been able to figure out what my place in all of this is really. I think that this has been the most pressing thing for me. Uh, and I think I've tried to avoid it or hide from it. Maybe fear of ostracization or criticism, uh, being perceived in a certain way, uh, losing certain friends or things like that. Uh, or, or also just not always being like the heavy COVID guy, you know, just always talking about this all the time. It, it gets heavy. It gets boring. I, I am interested in having different kinds of conversations and I brought those to the podcast, but after a while, I think I I couldn't allow myself to engage with this subject matter without becoming very emotionally attached to it, without becoming really affected by it. And so I feel that, you know, by unplugging and getting away from it and giving my my dopamine receptors a reset, that I'm able to actually come back in and engage in a, in a way that that's going to be most productive that's going to help serve the best. Because that's really what it's all about is 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 trying to create something here that can be of service. I've been struggling, you know. I've been hiding. I've been, I've been, I've been not able to to handle it too well. Being reactive, seeing too much, too many opinions, thoughts, memes, feelings, taking on too much, absorbing too much, just in it too much. Being terrorized, you know, by oh my god, uh, look at what's going on. I can't believe it. I can't believe what's happening. I can't believe that people can't see through the lies and see through the the illusion. I can't believe we we're we're moving in this direction. And the direction that, that we're moving in is a direction of t total totalitarian takeover, total control of total control by a, a system, by a control grid, by a, an ethos, like like a, a, a belief system that says the world's going to be a better place when everybody is tracked, traced, monitored, cleansed, when we have a we have a there's a clean class and a non-clean class. It's so sad. It's so disheartening to see. I mean, the, the the whole like it's so evident with like the mask thing. You know, you see it's the 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 servant class must wear masks. If you're a waiter or a wait, you know, whatever you work at a store, you're forced to wear a mask all day. And you have people come in, but they could take their masks off when they sit down at the table. And celebrities and politicians can go out and dine and go to the galas and all these things mask-free, but the, the, the servant class m must s remain masked. Th this is clearly humiliation. This is clearly uh, a way to, to humiliate and degradate, uh, degradate and, and destroy the humanity of those that are in positions that are in a lower economic mode. You know, we, we keep becoming humiliated by them because of the game rules that they force us to play and that we also comply with. When if we just got together with each other, we could come up with new and interesting solutions. And that's what I'm most interested in. I'm most interested in enacting and embodying those solutions because we can do it and we don't have to wait and it can happen right now. You know, most people are in, in this 
the state of, of mass hypnosis, or as Dr. Matthias Desmond puts it, mass formation, um, where he talks about the, the, there's four conditions of, of this mass hypnosis, this mass trance that people are in. In order to get people into this trance, there needs to be a lack of social bond. There needs to be a, a, a form of isolation for people to feel separate from others. So, you know, due to COVID-19, the restriction measures and the rise of social media, people are, are, are seemingly connected, but not truly connected. Another condition is experiencing life as meaningless or senseless. So losing sight of human connection, family, and, and our own powers, focusing on every, everything that is material and out there, not fulfilling and, and, and not fulfilling our true purpose of life. A Gallup poll from 2012 revealed that 63% of respondents admitted that they were sleepwalking through their day. Yeah, we talked about this before. Just, just sleepwalking through, getting through something to get to somewhere else. And another condition is there has to be a state of free-floating anxiety. So obviously, thanks to the news media, the establishment, the elite agenda-setting narrative construction, they just constantly create and, and, and feed fear and anxiety to, to the masses. And then the next condition is there's a state of free-floating frustration and aggression. People have already felt frustrated and aggressive, and they really don't know what the, how to pinpoint the cause. And so we see a lot of people project this or, you know, like almost like a, a, a parasite needs a host to survive. The free-floating frustration and aggression and anxiety is the parasite that needs a host to survive, so it jumps onto COVID. Okay, great. Yeah, the COVID thing. I could put all my fear, all my anxiety, all my frustration, all my projection, all my anger onto this thing, and if you do not agree, then you are the problem, and I know that I'm right, and I'm in the moral superior majority. And the summation, the summation of this mass hypnosis is focusing the attention of a small part of reality narr narrated by the hypnotist. And just like in hypnosis, people become absorbed in mass formation. They're not aware of what's happening outside of the small focus of attention that the narrative provides. They're not aware of like, it's they're, they, they can't see the thing happening over here because they're saying, nope, nope, look over here. Ooh, it's dazzling. It's magnificent. Yeah, look at the here. Don't look over here. Look over here. Don't look over here. Look over here. Pay attention over here. Yes, be dazzled, be, be fearful, be, be triggered, be emotional, be irrational, be what we want you to be and be swept up in what we have creating over what we're creating over here. It's a grand illusion, the, the magic show, the man behind the, the curtain pulling the strings, the conscious and intentional manipulation of the public mind. And I also think that there's a real beauty in in a lot of people's intentions to do the right thing as they've been exposed to and they've been told. I'm not trying to shame uh, these people whatsoever. There's a, a tremendous beauty in coming together and saying, you know what, this is uh, this seems like it's, I don't know, really, I don't really know what's going on, but this seems like the best way that we can get out of this. This is what Biden and Rachel Walensky, uh, the CDC director, and Fauci and many others have said publicly, and you can find the videos, that once you get the vaccine, things can go back to normal. You're not going to get sick when you get the vaccine. You know, this is what we have to do, and this is how it's going to be, and it's 100% safe and effective. And now that narrative has completely crumbled. 
And and of course they don't admit their mistakes. They just keep doubling down and moving forward and and spinning and spinning and they spin and they repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until the new repetition of the new normal gets beaten into people's heads and they sort of forget about what was already said and we just continuously move and float on in the reality construction and creation of the game setting agenda pushing narrative controllers. So, you know, a new social bond and a new sense of meaning-making emerges, uh, a new solidarity that people can bond and come together with and uh, to combat the subject of anxiety and aggression and, 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 and all of these things that Dr. Uh, Matthias Desmond points out in mass hypnosis and mass formation theory. It's a ritual. You know, the mask wearing is a ritual. It's a ritual to enact, hey, there's a separation here. The people, the servant class, you got to wear the masks. You got to listen to what we're saying. And uh, those of us who, we don't need to comply with that. But you need to, we need to engage with this ritual. And it's a, it's a, it's warfare. It's financial warfare, a warfare on consciousness, a warfare uh, on on human beings and information. It's a war for them trying to win us all over to accept their game rules uh, and and disregard any other possibility of exploring diverse uh, solutions, creative solutions. We need to be free. We need to be free to explore all kinds of options that are available to us. If there's a virus out there that's, that's getting people sick, okay, what are all the ways that we can help? What are all the ways in which we can explore different kinds of solutions and let people, allow people, and give access to people to get alternative treatments and have other kinds of medicines and encourage preventative health, encourage exercise and nutrition, and do not promote you know, body-positive uh, fat and, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane when you really dig into what they're saying and why. And where this all goes is a total form of control. This, every measure that is, that is implemented sets a precedent for more and more intense measures to be implemented down the line. Power never diminishes or gives up its power. It's we have to claim it and take it back. So, you know, things that, 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 they're saying, and people say, well, you just go along with it. It's just a mask. It's just two weeks to spread the... It's, it, it, we're two years later now. It's insanity. It's a long emergency, a forever crisis, and everything can be used as a way to be implemented to, to create more control over us, take away more of our freedom and our liberty and our joy and our peace and our happiness, hijack us more with fear and, 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 and implement measures of control because those it's all justified because we got to combat this virus. We got to stop this virus. But as we see, there's something very wrong here with that approach. There isn't one solution, nor should there be prevention in exploring all kinds of other solutions. You know, there, there's, there's more to life than what we're being offered. Are you willing to, to unplug, to eject yourself from the constant barrage of incessant, infinite, abundant opinion, thought, and information from outside 
in the digital sphere? What if we lived in the realm of physical reality that we had to get together with each other if we wanted to communicate and commune with each other? We have to be with each other. We have to feel each other. We have to hug each other. We have to smile at each other. We have to feel the energetic vibrations of the mirror being in mere proximity to other people. That this is really important and this is really special and this is not trivial. That seeing smiles on faces is not trivial. Kids in masks, kids growing up with this, it's the normalization of this kind of behavior. and We'd have no idea what kind of uh, detriment that, that plays off to, but I can only imagine it's an extreme detriment because you're cutting off an entire system of communication. And in developing minds need to be able to see all the little visual cues and the nonverbal facial cues and ticks of people to really understand what it means to be a human being. So in a sense, this plays in perfectly to their agenda of dehumanizing and, and, and reducing what it means to be a human being to a triviality. And saying, no, we're going to upload our consciousness and we're going to connect to the grid and we're all going to be in the control grid and there'll be one world central bank digital currency and people will have uh, microchipped vaccine passports and health information and other biometric data available at any second of any time, facilitated through technology, through the cloud, through crypto, through blockchain, and we could all be tracked, traced, and monitored. And if anything that we, you know, if for whatever reason... The, the governing forces don't want us to travel five miles outside of the radius of our home, then we, we're shut down. If, we're, we're, if they don't like what we're saying on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, if they don't like the conversations we're having through email, if they don't like the gatherings that we're putting on or talking to our friends, if we're not getting the shots or, or taking the, the, the medical forced medical procedures that they're uh, threatening us with, we get shut down, our money gets taken away, our, you know, all these things. They're already engaging in this in a particular way in China with a social credit system. So no longer is your credit number defined by how many loans you have and things you pay off and your financial health, but you are now tracked, traced, monitored, and judged and uh, given a score based on how good of a citizen you are. How well does your, uh, how well do you line up to the official agenda setting controlling uh, powers that be? I don't know about you, but that's not the world that I want to live in. And we see this happening with the metaverse, the push to the metaverse, the push with NFTs and VR and all this kind of stuff. Not to say that there aren't beautiful things about these things, but we can't let them capture us where we become the subservient to the demands and dictates of the, the industry that is, is taking hold. I don't. I don't want to live in that world. I, I want to. I want to live in a world where there's more of a festival type of environment, and there's no reason why we can't create that kind of world. There's absolutely no reason why we can't. All it takes is like-minded, like-hearted individuals getting together to determine uh, a way that would function well to have people live in a intentional, uh, agreed-upon way where fun and pleasure and joy and peace and prosperity can be had for all who are participating and collaborating and cooperating in that particular way. It, it, we already do this. Everything that we create is done in this way. 
where our, our, our imagination is only limited and hindered by the mandates, the dictates, the laws, the rules, the orders, and the threats, the coercion and the force by the state, the elites, the establishment, the oligarchs. They don't want a united, empowered front of consciously awake, intentional, present awareness bringing beings. They want people that are dependent upon their ways. Of course. So we got to choose to really be here. To not look at our lives as something that we're passing by to get to some other place with. This thing isn't going to go away. There is no point of when this will be over. We can't wait. We have to act now. Don't wait. Act now. But with everything that you engage with, everything that you do, does it light you up? Does it bring you joy? Are you truly satisfied? Is this why you're here? Is this what you are here to do? Is, is this the best use of your time to serve yourself and to serve others that you love and care about? I think that we all need to bring more present awareness to that. And, you know, Charles Eisenstein helped bring that to my attention because I had not podcasted in a while and I did a, a podcast with him and I had all these ideas and all this stuff that I wanted to talk to him about and I never do that and I never prepare and I did that and I was all, I was just different. I, I was trying to force something to be something that it wasn't and he really helped me uh, awaken to what I'm really here for and what he's really here for and I'm really grateful for him. And and I, I send my love and gratitude for him for showing up in that way to activate the student in me uh, and to embody the teacher as well. Because I think every great teacher realizes that the greatest thing about being a teacher is that you get to be a student at the same time. And... And, and the great Duncan Trussell through, of course, the magical synchronicities of the universe. After I had that experience with Charles, I tuned into Duncan Trussell and saw that he was talking to David Nickturn. And I was like, oh, I enjoy David Nickturn. And Duncan talked about stop trying to replicate or duplicate who you were in the past when you were something. We're always trying to get back to that thing. Hey, this podcast was great when I would do episodes in this way, so now I have to make them that way again. They're never going to be that way again. So any forcing of trying to replicate or duplicate something that once was is useless. And I think that Duncan also hit on another great point that really helped me as well, that I've dissolved my sense of self so many times that I've, I've skirted into apathetic nihilism and detachment with being a, a human being in the three-dimensional meat space reality. Once you get the message, hang up the phone. Alan Watts said it best. You know, and, and the, the, this, this is like, once you understand what, the, the, what this is, that we're infinite in a finite game, okay, Let's go from there. I, the, there doesn't need to be the continual reliance on going to the medicine, going in. You know, just like everything else, there is industry that is birthed out of, out of a, a necessity, a need, and a demand. There is a healing industry now. 
an alternative healing, plant medicine, conscious, uh, Reiki, human design, crystal. There's a whole community, a whole industry emerging of breathwork facilitators and retreats and all this kind of stuff. And it's all great. It's all great. But we need to rapidly evolve to the 2.0 of that, which is the embodied implementation of the, the manifestation of reorganizing society into local micro communities of decentralized, independent, empowered beings that are voluntarily and spontaneously cooperating and creating the manifestations of their dreams. That we can liberate ourselves into that. And we also have to, to, to because everything could be, you know, converted to ego's use, as Cho Young Trumpa says, of course, right? So even spirituality, even the, the path, people can become addicted to their trauma drama, stuff that happened with their mama, <laughs> right? We can get too entrenched in our own drama, our own stories, and, and really just keep that alive because it's part of what defines us it's part of what gives us meaning it's part of uh it's part of our path our story right so you know be careful not to get hooked into continually digging in continually going inward continually deepening in continually bringing up the story of the trauma of the event of the thing there's a time to hang up the phone because that can become uh, an, an entire industrialized uh, mechanism of control that you put upon yourself, right? You don't want to be somebody who's on the path. You want to be free. You don't want to be somebody who's doing the work. You want to be free. You don't want to be somebody who is dealing with a lot of trauma. You want to be free. Right? So, it's, you know, let's go in, let's investigate, let's excavate, and then let's integrate in a real way and not get attached to the entire aesthetic and the community of healing and consciousness work and, and plant medicine and psychedelics and therapy and digging and digging and trauma and past lives and uh, what happened in childhood, what happened in childhood, my parents, you know, these are all very good things to investigate and to dive into. And we also have to be very aware and discerning of, is this serving me to continue this story anymore? Is this, is this serving me or am I creating it into a story? Am I getting attached to the drama? And am, am I getting attached to the feeling of the healing path? The, the sense of, of purpose and community that, that continually engaging in uh, a path of healing provides for a lot of people. So I hope that I hope I'm able to e like articulate that in an easily understandable way. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like it's time to get real. It's, it's time to to really look at where we are holding things that, that no longer serve us for real. you know, and, and move forward. 
and really start to embody the, 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 the presence that we want to live with. You can't intellectually conceptualize what it means to, to, to be in that state. You have to surrender to the, to the embodiment of it and feel it and live from that. So, you know, even in spirituality and in, in, in trying to get enlightened or whatever it is, we can get hooked and distracted uh, and we can distract ourselves by the drama on that plane of spiritual ascension work or plant medicine work, all this stuff that we put work to. We don't, we really, we don't really like to work. We're just creating more drama for ourselves. What we really want to do is be here now and live, be real and authentic and enjoy the unfolding of the present moment in the, in the, in the, in the way of which it does according to the, the rules of nature. Cause we are nature. We're not separate. So I think that, you know, how can we facilitate deep and sincere ritual processes, deep and sincere community bonds, deep and sincere active collaboration on integrative ways to implement new ways of existing and, 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 and being in society? So I, I, I hope that I... Uh, was able to talk about some things that were helpful, um, give you a little bit of a window of like what I've, where I've been at and, and where I'm currently at. And I think I'll end the podcast now because I think what I want to do is I want to save, not save, but I, I I'm not trying to save the world with one podcast, okay? <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not trying to just like, create something here that is this like explosive overwhelm of of my thoughts with with, with any intention that it's you know I, I want to just express where I'm at and what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and if there's certain things that you guys felt were interested in or you want to know more about let me know and let's explore those in other podcast episodes I know that there is more available to us there's more po- there's more to this life than what is being offered and what we're choosing to maybe tacitly, passively resign to engage with, that we can create things that go beyond anything that we could possibly imagine because we need to do that. That is, that is what we need to do. We need to, f- to be pioneers in furthering the space of exploration in to radical and new ways of being. And I can't think of the more the 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 more radical the the counterculture now is not how much you can plug in and how much content you can create, but how much how much how many magical moments can you immerse yourself in, conspire to create and be a part of, celebrate with other people, come together, sing songs, play music. How much can you fully participate in living? rather than outsourcing your entertainment and your enjoyment to passive and mild consumption, how much can you actually engage in, in lifting yourself up into an, an area where you are actively participating in creating enjoyment for yourselves and others? I think this is, uh, I think this is where we're headed in the future. I think this is what it's all about. This is why we're here. This is why we're meant 
to to exist in this time now is to see the path of the the world devouring machine and say okay that doesn't look so good how can we make something better how can we make something better and i think it has to start just by bringing conscious present ten- attention and awareness to everything that you're doing in your life, to every moment that you're existing, every moment that you're breathing. Are you serving it or is it serving you? Do you feel nourished, satisfied, fulfilled, content, calm, at ease, good, happy, in love? Love is not something that we get from somewhere else. Love is something that we become and then we attract. We all need to become love to have more love because love attracts love and like attracts like and nothing can stop the power of love because it comes from the deepest well of care, from an from a unbounded resource of infinite time and space to truly be in love with life, to truly be in love with every moment, with every little twinkle and glimmer of the universe that winks at us and offers a little secret if we're only willing to pay attention. Well, thank you for paying attention to this episode 200-ish, sort of. uh, And uh, please let me know what you think. Uh, Please let me know if there's anything that I said that you're interested in learning about more. Uh, Please let me know if there's certain topics or things that you want me to discuss more about. Um, I feel that I operate best when I can respond to others. So invitation for people out there who would like to maybe submit questions or record voice memos and, and put them in, or would like to appear as like a call-in guest on the show, uh, or have like a little Zoom thing. Like I'm, I'm interested in sort of bringing the old version of the mind jam that I was doing uh, to more of a heart-centered soul jam, uh, getting out of the mind, really dropping into our bodies and and into the soul plane level of existence, being in the present moment. And I would love to have like a couple people on to just spark some thought and interesting areas to go in, uh, and ask me, ask me the big questions because not that I have the answers or that I know, but to me, it's the most fulfilling way to express myself in engaging in the real time exploration and unfolding of improvisational, thought structure and construction so I'm able to communicate in ways that I didn't even know I was able to communicate or say things that I didn't even know was that, that I could say or, or would say. Uh, I, you know, I hesitate to label it as like a channeling or something, but I do feel that there is something that, that happens to me where I can get tapped in and sort of just able to present and explore and deliver uh, a construction of... Uh, of words together to to help uh, uncover something uh, for me, for you, for everyone. And I really enjoy that. It's really fun. And I really enjoy that. So it's more it would be more fun than anything to come on the show and ask me, you know, questions. Uh, I would love to have that. I would love for us to explore uh, all kinds of different um, things that, that you guys find to be interesting. Uh, why not make that make that what this is? Uh, I I would really really enjoy that. And um, 
let's let's do that. So email me, mikeadelicpod at gmail.com. And let me know what you want to talk about, what you're interested in. If you want to come on the show uh, to participate in like a group Zoom call, do something like that, uh, where basically you'd be facilitating the exploration of, of my consciousness in real time. And uh, let's, let's have fun with that. Let's play with that. You know, where, where does it go? Because I can, I can explore all kinds of things, even if... And, and it's, again, it's not to say that I'm an expert or anything like that, because that's not what I'm saying. It's just fun. I really enjoy doing that. I liked being taken in different directions that I wasn't expecting or thinking or answering or trying to ponder or contemplate or construct uh, conceptual abstractions about all kinds of different things, or just try and get really real and vulnerable and open up to the core of, of, of what's really going on with me or whatever. But let's make that happen. Um, again, you know, I had this idea of coming on this podcast and talking about why I was away and, and what I've been feeling about COVID and the pandemic and things like that. And, and even now as I'm ending, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I really did get a little ranty there and I kind of went off on some tangents and stuff, but I want to make sure that it's, that it's, that it's easily digestible, that it's measured, that it's balanced. So I'm not going to go on. I'm not going to continue. And I would, I would like to bring a little bit of structure to, uh, exploring, consciousness, present awareness, and the state of being um, in, in, in this human experience, in this human condition from all different points of view. So I appreciate all of you for listening. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope to see you again next time. This is, uh, this is truly a gift to be able to come on here and express myself and, and what I'm going through and have it be received by all of you willing uh, participants to listen. And uh, another thing I'll say is that uh, also stay up to date on, on the offerings that I'm creating because a lot of the change that I'm trying to bring in the world is starting in the realm of men's work, even though that's you know, not a great, great title because it doesn't fully encapsulate what, we, what we're doing. It's a ritual connection, ritual expression, confrontation, celebration, uh, liberating ourselves from uh, the, 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 you know, a, lot of, a lot of different problems that, that, that bog us down and coming together seeing each other in brotherhood. Uh, so I, I host weekly men's councils in Denver, and I host retreats with my brother Bill Burns, and um, we have an, uh, one coming up soon called Activate from February 4th to the 6th, which is going to be working on how do we activate and cultivate our greatest gifts and our powers to bring them out into the world and to unite in uh, accountability in brotherhood to rise each other up, to help call each other up rather than out to, to, to collaborate and participate in, in a collective uh, healing by, by coming together and operating as, as one community serving a higher purpose. So uh, that's what I've, I'm interested in engaging with. And I'm also interested in engaging with building uh, homes and, and purchasing land and trying to create a little micro community that, uh, that functions in a way in which this is a good place to, to live. This is a quiet place to sleep. This is also a good place to, to party and celebrate and uh, not completely detached from the world, but have a little sanctuary of, of ceremony and ritual and healing and community and, and food and nature. And I'm very much interested in, in how can we collaborate to make something like that happen. So, you know, with that being said, I'll just say that The Matrix Resurrections was a shit show, terrible. 
It's a, the rehashing of an old story. And uh, one of the things that they, they do in The Matrix that I thought was interesting was they plug Neo, they save Neo, and plug him back in, and they trivialize the events of his real life uh, to and come up with it as like a video game so that, that Neo thinks that the events that really happened didn't really happen, that it was just he's just having memories uh, and visions because of the video game that he created called The Matrix. Uh, which is really, really interesting. It's a really interesting concept, and I can see how that can play out in our lives. There's all this media, and there's these movies of like these dystopian futures and the rebels fighting against the empire and all this kind of stuff. And there's all these like zombie movies and things like that. But we yet we fail to see it when it actually appears in reality, because we go, oh, that's that's probably just that's just like a fiction. George Orwell's 1984, that's a fiction story, you know, and that's a very common one that gets brought up a lot, but it's, 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 it's like a, it's what's happening. It's what's happening, you know, and, um, I think that one of the greatest stories ever is the Lord of the Rings. The ring of power must be destroyed. Even the purest wizard of all with the greatest intentions and a heart of gold, knows that he will be twisted and manipulated if he decides to, to hold on to the ring of power. The only thing that we could do is destroy the, the centralized, homogenized, mandated, overwhelming sense of, of rule and authority in our world and liberate ourselves into the beauty and abundance of the celebration and the festival life of the Shire, of community, of each other. We need to have faith and confidence in freedom. We need to believe in freedom. But we don't because we don't believe in each other. We don't have faith in each other. I do. I do. But what I'm saying here is that most people are programmed not to trust other people. They don't trust other people to make their own decisions, to be free. When you talk about most people should be free as long as they're not causing harm to anybody else, people have all kinds of resistance to that. No, we can't let people be free. People are stupid. People need, people need to be you know, regulated and controlled and told what to do. People are afraid of freedom. We've been conditioned to be afraid of freedom. We've been conditioned to take care of, to be, to, 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 We've been conditioned to accept being taken care of, to be domesticated, to be neutered like dogs. We need to have confidence and faith and freedom, though, and it means having confidence and faith in the goodness of humanity and the goodness of other people. Because when you turn on the news, the quote-unquote news, the agenda-setting corporate press narrative, when you go and you look at all the fear-based stuff— all it says is separation, division, and fear the other. Other people are stupid. Other people are wrong. Other people are causing harm. But when you go out in public and you walk around your, your town, your neighborhood, your community, is that really what you find? Is that really what you experience on a day-to-day -day basis with your personal interactions with the people that you engage with in real physical 3D reality? It's Plato's cave, man. People keep telling us, no, 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 this is real, the shadow's on the wall, don't go out there, don't listen to what's going on out there, 
This is what's real. And anybody that comes in from out there and says, guys, there's a whole other world out there. The people are so conditioned to, and, and, and afraid to, to question it that they can't imagine that there is another possibility because it shatters their entire conception of what they thought was real and true and sturdy and foundational and safe and secure. We can't, we can't be subject to being in a trance state, to being drugged and manipulated and lied to and, and, and p uh, plotted, against, you know, pointed to be against each other, to be scared, to be traumatized, the scary messaging to keep us from cooperating together. Authorities love these, these crises, these long emergencies that go on forever until something else comes along that they can place all of their, their, their mandates and dictates to that could be justified. It can be really terrifying for people to wake up and realize how real this life really is, how present we're really here, how alive we really are, and how evil can present itself in the world. And what does it look like? We're not waiting to get through something in order to be somewhere else. We're not trying to, 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 to mitigate and reduce the experience of our lives just so that we could achieve something sometimes somewhere else, maybe in the future. We sacrifice our present attention and place our energy outside of where we need to be, which is right here, right now. Totally engaged, totally focused on making a sandwich for lunch or reading a book or raking the leaves or going for a run or with the people you're with in conversation with them. This is the revolution we need. It's a revolution of the soul revolution of consciousness. Why are we here? What are we really here for? And what is truly available and accessible to us right now? No excuses. What can we do? That's scary. Freedom, freedom is here for us to take, for us to claim. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to be passerbys? Are we going to passively sit and watch? Or are we going to get in the game as creators? We are creators. We are creative. There's more beyond what's given to us in the mild, passive, passable enjoyment and entertainment. You know? Enough teasing ourselves of waking up. Enough consumption about all of the protocols, procedures, achievements that we need to unlock before we wake up. Enough. Enough getting attached to the dramas and the stories that give us uh, a false sense of, of meaning and purpose, or not a false sense of meaning and purpose, but give us the comforting feeling of having some kind of a meaning and a purpose because we suffered in some way or because something is, is significant to us and it, it defines us and we attach to it. Enough of that. Let's truly liber liberate ourselves. Not, we want to liberate ourselves from, from labels. We want to liberate ourselves into being totally free and totally open and surrendering into the present moment every time, every breath, every second. All right, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I hope you guys, I hope you guys are uh, doing well out there, and I look forward to hearing from you. Please email me, mikeadelicpod at gmail.com, and let's have more expansive, soul-nourishing, eye-opening, thought-provoking conversations in a respectful and harmonious way where the objective is to uplift and extract the higher purpose to it all. Not getting bogged down in the details, not separating and creating others, otherizing, but lifting up. We're all here for something bigger.
I'll see you there.